Hi everyone! Welcome to the Curiously Creative Podcast. Curiously Creative loves creativity and inspiring people to follow their own creative curiosities. We hope to bring you a bit of joy and inspiration with everything we do so that you can fall in love with creativity too. I'm your host, Akriti Lee, and each month I share conversations with all kinds of creative people who share their journeys and unique perspectives around their own creativity. We hope these conversations help us understand our own creative process and have the courage to live more creative lives. Today, I'm thrilled to be presenting the witty, soulful and very insightful Sal Valentine. Amongst many things, Sal, also known as Ivan, is most famous for being the lead singer, songwriter, composer, manager and musical director of his dynamic rhythm and blues band, Sal Valentine and the Baby Shakes, a band that is widely regarded as one of the finest acts in the country and have just released their newest single with their EP Church coming out in June. Thanks for taking the time today, Sal, You're coming welcome. here and chatting. It's a pleasure. From what I know, you are a singer, songwriter, drummer, DJ, band manager, and especially famous for your band called Sal Valentine and the Baby Shakes, mm-hmm. which I've enjoyed dancing to quite a few times. Yeah. Thank you. You guys are awesome. All good. <laughs> um, have I missed anything? Uh, pianist, guitarist as well, oh, so multi-instrumentalist. Awesome. I can't play anything that you blow air through, though. I try once. Sucks strings. Real bad. Yeah, anything with some strings on it, or, you hit, or anything you hit with your hands in some way, shape yeah. or another. So, how did it all first start for you? Have you always known from early on that the arts or music was your thing? Pretty early. Yeah. Yeah, definitely pretty early. Like, I've always gotten the biggest kick out of music through intermediate, through high school. And I've always played instruments in primary school as well, but throughout my throughout my schooling years, it was always um, like a kind of quite an even spread of drama, a little tiny bit of dance, mm. visual art, painting yeah. and sketching and music. But yeah, I definitely, I think I started to notice through high school that I got more, more of a kick out of music. And I didn't really like, I didn't really get along with like people in, in drama, like actors that kind of freaked me out, you know. <laughs> I had some exposure to the wider world of like actors and I was like just like I don't know like it kind of freaked me out you know I wasn't willing to like embrace that you know yeah so like by the end of my like high school I came top in visual art drama and music and I was kind of like a what am I going to do for university kind of thing but Mm. I just wanted to take a year off and earn some money and work and have some fun but uh we decided that well my mother decided for me that music music school was the way to go I think she could see pretty clearly that, awesome. that that was the one that I enjoyed the most. Yeah. So I kind of went down that path. But so you took a year off and then you went to music no, school? I didn't. I went straight oh, into it. Oh, yeah, yeah. my mum applied for me on my behalf. She was like, "You're doing this." I don't come from like a controlling family or anything yeah. like that. But I was just like, I just want to like kick it for a year, you know? I yeah. want to like lay back and earn money and go and get some experience. She was like, "No, go and do uni right now." So do you yeah. regret it? No, it's no. fine. I think if anyone else is going to be going straight out of... Well, I don't know. I mean, like, because I, I know I love music, right? Yeah. So I went, stra- I went straight into it. So I was like, this mm-hmm. is cool. I'm enjoying this because it's something that I like. But there's a lot of people which have a pressure on them to be like, you need to go to university. Right. That's like the linear path, right? And they Finish don't know. Yeah. And, and you go straight there. And, and if you don't know what you want to do and you're like, I guess I'm going to go and do BCom or like, I guess I'm going to go and study English or, or journalism or whatever. And if you're not sure about it, if you're not like, this is exactly what I want to do, then going into mm-hmm. university is like, 
the worst thing you can do. I've just seen so many people go in and be there, and they're like, like two years into their degree, being like, oh, I actually know what I want to do now. I've worked out what I'm passionate about, yeah. and then they change, and then it's kind of like it's not wasted time. It's maybe it's just it's just adding racking up dollars for their student loan, you know? Yeah. So you knew very early on that you wanted to pursue music, mm. but even at uni, while you were doing it, or after uni for that matter, there weren't any points of doubt in acknowledging that this is what you wanted to pursue long term? I think there's always been doubt. I think it comes hand in hand with producing any kind of creative output. Yeah. You know, when you're signing your name to anything, there's, there's doubt. There's doubt every day, you know? Yeah. And, you know, just, just this year and late last year, I've even still been struggling with things and kind of asking myself, you know, what am I doing? But it's a it's a circular conversation, like with yourself, you know. It, it eventually just comes back to the same point. It's just like, well, do you want to be doing anything else? And it's like, oh no, not really. So mm. I'm fine. That's the kind of dialogue or question you ask yourself if you want to get out of that mode. Yeah. Yeah, and keep chugging along. Yeah, it's like yeah, there's 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 bits where it's tough, but you know, bits where you doubt yourself and whatever. But you know, at the end of the day, what are you gonna what are you? I mean, like, I spent five years in retail doing working at various like clothing places and then ending up at crane brothers which i really enjoyed for three and a half years and doing music on the side and you know i reached a point where i was like i can i reckon i can go out and do music full time because i had enough kind of momentum behind the brand and and my own brand as a dj and everything and and, and the band i think throughout that time though i was like i'm really happy with what i'm doing but i didn't know that i could do it full time there was an inkling but my parents kept telling me to do it. They're just like, just quit, just go and do it. We'll help, we'll support you. Oh, you know, nice. not like we're gonna mm. pay you a living wage, and not like that. It was just yeah, like, yeah. if you need help, then you need help and whatever. And I, um, but it took me like there was initial like thought of doing that, and then it took me about two years to actually kind of go, okay, I'm gonna go and mm. do this, and it might suck for a little bit financially, but that's okay. I didn't have any savings when I left my job. I'm not. Yeah. I suck with money, but um, it's just like sink or swim, really. Yeah, I just did true. it. I took a I took a leap of faith, and it's been I've been able to pay rent. <laughs> Yay! That's awesome. <laughs> At the very minimum. <laughs> Do you remember what your first ever gig was like? First ever gig with with, with the band, or first ever gig ever? Uh, first ever gig ever. Ever. Or um, both, maybe even. First ever gig. Well, I mean, there was like there was performances. There yeah. was definitely performance in like intermediate school. Like I drum, I, I did some drumming in like the. One of the school productions, yeah. I can barely remember that. I can't even remember what the production was. I remember drumming, I remember sitting in a drum kit and what about a formal probably gig? sucking. Like, other than like school assemblies and playing with like the marching band and stuff. <laughs> ben Sinclair is a saxophonist in, in the Baby Shacks, and um, I live with him at the moment as well. He, yeah. uh, he and I, our first band we started was called the 80s Jacket Club. And these ridiculous. 80s anoraks. It was like one was blue and one was a slightly darker blue. They were exactly the same brand. Mm-hmm. And I think my mum had them and like we, I stole them and they like folded up into like a little pouch, you know, like a little waterproof pouch. There's like these thin anoraks. So it's, uh, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what we were thinking, but uh, yeah. So they were, they were, and like we, it's we, a cool name. yeah, we, we used, we used to wear those and um, it was kind of like. I found out about the Min Chicks when I was in high school. Like the, the EP came out and I was like, oh my god, you know, I'd never heard anything like that. And it kind of inspired us to kind of make this really kind of frenetic kind of quite silly but like fun um punk rock was like a punk rock duo i think our first gig together would have been oh yeah other than like the school assembly something would have been like either the smoke free rock west yeah or like our first public gig 
where there was like people paying money to come and see us like at the door was um, Alan Melville Hall in Freiburg Square mm -hmm. in High Street um, with like the DHDFDs and the incident and a whole lot of a whole lot of other bands it was like my first was like oh my god playing with Grug this is amazing and that was like 2004 2003 2004 maybe I remember it being exciting though not I remember like being, oh my god I'm shit scared I don't remember What's well I remember happen? being shit scared as yeah. well but it was definitely it was exciting it was definitely exciting it was incredible and there's like so many people and like you know everyone's like really it was like an alternative music scene for all the people that didn't like all the mainstream shit and there's all different like because it was all ages so it was all kids from different schools and like everyone was all dressed up and it's just like oh my god you know there's this whole other world of people like because at my school it was like it was like me and me and ben you know like mags is a huge school it's like 2500 2600 people yeah and the music room the music department was like me, Ben, few like other people that did like classical and then um, a bunch of other dudes that just kind of liked, liked being there but didn't really like apply themselves that much. Just kind of took it as a bit of a bum subject. Yeah. But they were like, they were good musicians, you know, but like they, they were all into like top 40 and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it was, a, it was a real eye opener. And we just, and we just had no idea, you know, like we didn't, we didn't know like barely anyone there. It was like. So have you been influenced by different genres of music? Yeah, right? Not totally. necessarily, because I've seen you play a bit of jazz as well, mm. but that's not your predominant focus or um, inspiration. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's. It's definitely not my predominant focus anymore, mm. but I don't think that I, I don't think I really have a predominant focus in music at all. I, it's just anything I stumble across, I enjoy. My dad listens to a lot of classical music and like old jazz and and also like classic rock mm -hmm. and and pop and stuff. So I kind of kind of grew up on that, and then I started getting into rock music and um, kind of started rediscovering a lot of the music I was growing up grow, grew up with after that, and started getting into some jazz through high school. I went into jazz school, I didn't really know like a huge deal about jazz. I kind of learnt most of all what I know, if not nearly all of it, through my university training. So do you find it quite challenging to describe your music now? Because it's so eclectic? Um, the stuff that we're about to release, yes. yes, definitely, definitely. It's like, it's groovy, it's got elements of funk, kind of old school jams, it's got elements of... Um, Disco, modern hip hop, it's got some elements of kind of what's happening now in, in like in trap and stuff like that. It's it's becoming a really a really like great melting pot, I think. Because I mean, we used to be way easier to describe, you know, like our yeah. first album is Throwback Rhythm and Blues. It's what it is, you know. I was really interested in that music at the time and now I'm still interested in that music, but I think I'm letting more of my the wider array of, of musics that I'm into influence what I'm doing. You know, the stuff I'm writing now, I'm not like, this is how the band is going to sound. I'm just kind of, I'm kind of just letting it happen, which yes. is really exciting. So I feel like it's more, it's more me. Which so is nice. I feel like when you have, because I'm the same, I have a lot of multiple interests. Mm -hmm. But if someone, someone asks me, so what do you do? It's quite a challenging question because you no longer fit into pre-constructed boxes or labels yeah. in that sense. So do you have a way of expressing yourself or describing yourself as well as your music in those instances? <clears throat> it's really fun. It's really like, it's hilarious timing that you should ask that, that question because it's a question that's, to be quite frank, it's pissed me off yeah. over the last yeah. few years. 
I, I had the same question that we just that we were talking about asked of me like last week in, in a setting which I like wasn't ready for and so I have been thinking about it you know and like at, at the end of the day like I kind of I sat down and just like spoke some words into, into my phone it was like like who are you and I was like well like I'm a multi-instrumentalist band leading songwriter I'm a millennial I'm trying to in part, you know, I'm trying to describe my experiences of what it's like to grow up and live in, in, in Auckland and in this social culture that I live in and be bombarded with, with information and deal with, you know, problems, mental health and, you know, addiction and social problems, not just for myself, for other people around me, my, my friends, my, my whanau. And, try, and like trying to wrap that up in a, in a artistic package, which, which makes me, which makes me tick mm. with the hope that like, if I put it out there, maybe musically, maybe lyrically, maybe for dancing purposes that it's going to it's going to help somebody you know right. because i've received so much from the musical community like whether local or whether from someone that's dead or whether someone that lives in another country just just music in general recorded mm. music i've received so much from it and if i can provide if i can give back then that's kind of what i want to do i think and i th- think that kind of like if I can put that into a more like eloquent written mission right. statement or like description of who i am then Bam, that's yeah. that's who that's who I am. Here we go. And you might give that to someone, and someone's going to be like, "Sounds good." And then if you if, if if then someone asks them about me because of whatever experiences they've had with with me, like talking with me, or if they've met mm. me, or if they've just heard my music or whatever, then their experience of of, of that is probably going to be different to what I right. what I think it is, what I've written right. down. So it's it's, all it's always changing. To interpretation. It, totally. Yeah. Art is, is is subjective, you know. You take from it what would like you know, you everyone's experience of it's gonna be different in a certain way and it's gonna inform how they perceive you as a as an artist or as a as a band or whatever. It's always yeah. gonna be different for everyone. You know, some people will be like, I really like the musical aspect of, of what the baby shakes do and some other person's gonna be like, Yeah, they're really good to a really good party band yeah you should hire them for your 40th or whatever you know it's it's, diff- it's different for for everyone like. well i guess that's that's the beauty of art right in the same way that it is open to interpretation and people can relate to it how they want to how they identify with it yeah so since your early days has there been anything that has helped you develop more courage and confidence as you've progressed through the years friends band members not very i'm not very like confident at the moment it probably sounds like I am but like I've been going through like just a massive okay it's like a, a, a struggle of, of 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 confidence I think I think is what it is it's like a part identity crisis part kind of and most of yes. it's most of it's really silly and most yeah. of it doesn't need to be worried about but like I think you know if you're creating anything art related if you're putting any part of yourself down on paper or recording mm. it or Putting it out there, signing your name to it, there's always going to be a, a degree. Yeah, back to back to the word doubt. There's going to be yeah. a degree of, of doubt there, and, so, um, and vulnerability, right? And vun- yeah, vulnerability is a good word to, to describe it. And uh, yeah, I think just like talking with with friends and people in the band and trying to get like trying to get an honest perspective on 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 the whole scenario because it can be really it can be really hard to to see for yourself. It can be really hard to like ascertain. Like what? What is happening while while mm-hmm. you're doing it? Because it's such an emotional process, you know. That's making right. making music, you're sort of like 
you want to be like objective about your own stuff and be like, hmm, that song got X amount of plays or whatever. Or that's kind of that's that's good. The glass is half full or whatever. But you know, sometimes it's hard to be hard to be positive and have a positive outlook on on, on what you're doing. This is what something that you're going through <coughs> at the moment. Have you experienced this before? Yeah, all the, well? all, all the time. I think so it's, it's kind of it's kind of never ending to a degree. So it's, it's always ongoing. <laughs> yeah, it comes in waves. You know? How are you trying to deal with it? Just trying to keep my head down and keep working. Yeah. I feel very satisfied, you know, staying creatively stimulated. Yeah. As soon as I kind of stop doing that and start to think about things too hard. That kind of uh, gives room to the monkey mind as well. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Stare into yeah. the void, kind of ruins yeah. it a little bit. Is it a collaborative process with the rest of your band members in, in trying to define or refine where you stand? To a degree. Yeah. yeah. To a degree, I think, yeah. I mean, I definitely, I definitely get help kind of like in, you know indirect help from everyone mm-hmm. and support but you know at the end of the day it's uh it's my story like the songs are mine um the other band members are like essential and and fleshing out the sonic palette of the song you know the stories and the songs are kind of deeply personal and i think they shape and will shape like the how the music is is, is received and, and viewed as much as anything else right you know lyrically and kind of mm-hmm. what i'm what i'm writing about because without the experiences that I've been through, like there would be, there would be no music. You know, it's like it's directly related. I'm not writing about. Yeah, there's yeah. some songwriters you could just like pluck subject matter seemingly like out of the air. Not all of them. They hear a poem or they read a poem or something like that's great. I really like the themes that they dealt with there, and then they like invent characters and write something about that, or they see like a newspaper clipping or something like that, and they write yeah. that. But I think everything for me has been like really personal. So it's really in a good way. Uh, deriving the songs and the narrative from your own personal experiences yeah yeah so to kind of this is succinctly answer the question um yeah i think when it comes down to it 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 has to be me who kind of defines defines that you know Mm -hmm. but i do have help yeah i have nine other people well that that leads into the creative process what does your creative process look like how do you come up with your ideas we know it comes from your emotional experience that you're going through Mm. and that kind of comes through in how you write your songs Mm. how about curating the albums and things like that is that where like you were saying the rest of the band members start to contribute yeah yep yep absolutely so it kind of starts it'll be like a theme because from like from from zero to 100 here there'll be like a, a theme that i'm or an experience or uh, something that's happened to me or like happened to someone that's very close to me or whatever. It's not all, it's not all doom and gloom, but right. it's like something I want to convey. Maybe, you know, it might be something that's like bugging me. The classic one is like you're going out with someone, you're dating someone, you love them heaps. You write a love song, you break up with them, you write a breakup song. Yeah. Yep. That's kind of how it works. And like the music and the lyrics are often kind of inseparable for me. Like I don't write lyrics and then and then a song happens out of it. The most I'll have is like a phrase, maybe, or a musical theme. But often the ideas come come hand in hand, and then they, they grow from there. And I'll write the song, pretty much the whole thing, and I get Ben to come in from his room across mm-hmm. the hall to my room. and <laughs> All the way. <laughs> at, a, at a time that he's free. And we'll look at the horn parts together, because he's, he, like, I would have fleshed out some ideas, but he'll help me kind of develop them more. It's all in sheet music. Mm-hmm gets taken to the band in a rehearsal we workshop things i'll go back maybe two three revisions later we'll have something which i'm feeling pretty happy about previously that would have gone straight onto the bandstand and we would have just started playing live but yeah. since we've been kind of with holding new material so that it's like a 
more of a beautiful surprise mm -hmm. when the new stuff comes out. Um, we've been recording it if we feel like it's good enough and kind of matches thematically with what we've been doing. And at that point, like each of the musicians of the band, their stamp is put on the material because I mean I'm not playing any of the instruments other than like a bit of guitars and synths. So right. there's a million different ways you could play, you know, rock beat one played with different instruments so it's like you know yes i wrote the beat but cam on drum on drums is gonna use his drums we're gonna select various sounds for each piece what kick drum we're using what snare what hi-hat we're using and he's gonna play it in his in his own way and there's so many different ways you can you know so many different combinations mm -hmm. so that's kind of that's that's cam's stamp on the music and there will be other you know bits where we can develop each part as well for everyone like i think what i'm writing is becoming less and less it's still pretty defined, but it's less mm -hmm. clearly defined. I think there's more right. room for interpretation with what everyone's doing, and which is cool. More playfulness around it as well. Yeah, 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 totally, mm. totally. Coming back to the songwriting side of things, how you generally write from your own experiences and emotions. Uh -huh. What is that like? Can that be quite a stressful process, or is it more of a cathartic one? Because sometimes I find when I've done a bit of writing, even though I haven't done that that much of it. When I'm writing really from personal experiences, that although I feel like I've dealt with what I'm writing, in that process of writing it, I feel like I'm revisiting some of the pain or the, the trauma or the, um, the stress. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, as I write about it, it's very cathartic. I do. I find it. I do find it cathartic. I feel like once it's out, it's out of of me. You know, it's mm. it's left me to a certain degree. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I think if, if I were to write lyrically, kind of about an issue, especially if it was something I wasn't happy about, mm. without I think without the music, it would be it would maybe serve as just like a document of how unhappy I was or something. Right. Yeah. But with the music, there's the, another layer of it being like now something that I enjoy hearing. And to a degree, after a while, you stop hearing the lyrics. You know, especially when you're recording, you're like, yeah. you're singing, you're focusing on so many other things. You're like kind of not thinking too hard about the lyrics. You're thinking about the way you're delivering a line, mm. for sure, because you want to put the right emphasis on, you wouldn't sing a line like, I love you, in a love song with disdain as a subtext behind it you know you're thinking about the yeah. delivery of them but you're not necessarily thinking about who the words relate to I have a, a song which is kind of which is going to be on the new album which is uh, deals with getting to know someone in a, in a romantic setting uh, someone I've now I'm no longer seeing but having to deal with kind of your own fucked up personal baggage that mm -hmm. you you are bringing to the table whether you whether you want it to be there or not it's yes. there yes. and kind of having to to a degree explain that to this person also under the knowledge that like within a few days you've like made a mistake and you've got a few days to make it better because they're going to be going away for a month mm -hmm. like it was kind of a it happened to me it was a complicated situation and one I could have done without to be honest but kind of making amends you know for, for, for who you are as a, as a person because you want to let the person know that, that they mean a lot to you that's kind of that's kind of how it's wrapped up. And I'm f I'm fine singing. That relationship ended horribly. It was really bad. Not from my fault either. Like, I was kind of... I was really taken for a ride a little bit. And um, But the thing is, I can sing I can sing it now. Like, it's never been a problem. I don't read the lyrics and I don't get transported back there and think yeah. about how, how hurt I was at the end of that. I don't think about the person. It's just like... A, it's just a jam now, you know? Right. 
And I guess adding the musical elements and being more playful, playful with that is kind of that release process, mm. right? It may have started with a true experience and a story, but now it's morphed to something completely different. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that connection gets broken off. Do you feel like you have anything, any tools, any tricks that helps you be more creative with your work? Of knowing that, like in whatever you're doing, if you sit down to write or create, just the knowledge that like, if a so like for me, if a, if, a, if a song takes a total of 10 hours to write, mm -hmm. you know, maybe that's split into three, four different sessions, knowing that like probably the first hour of each one of those sessions, especially if you're starting from scratch, mm -hmm. is going to be like total garbage and you're going to hate yourself. And like, because you're not in that creative mindset yet. You know, I had read this like, not read, it's a really great um, lecture from John Cleese at a university somewhere. It's on YouTube. Mm, he talks about talks about the creative, getting into like the creative mindset versus I think he said it was like the industrious mindset and it's like industrious mindset is great if you're like running around doing errands or like you're at work, you're, you're working your job, you're like boom, 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 getting stuff done but to kind of wean yourself out of either like being in a restful mind state or being in this industrious mind state, you, you like to get into the creative state you have to, it takes time for your mind to mm -hmm. kind of relax to a certain point where you start getting rewarded by your subconscious because you're in a you're in a frame of mind where there is no longer any wrong answers, you know, and for that first hour or two hours, depending on however long it takes you to get there, you might just be like mucking around with ideas and just thinking like, I am horrible at what I do and this sucks and yeah. this is so bad. And then like, you know, maybe you give up for the day, you're like, fuck it, I'm out of here. And then an hour later when you're like doing nothing, sitting on the, sitting on a chair on your front porch or you're driving somewhere, your brain's like, Yo, <laughs> yeah. that thing that sucked earlier is yeah. a better version of it. Check it out and like reward you, you know, and it's like, oh my God. And then that always happens to me when I'm in the car, I'll be like with my phone, like frantically yeah. singing something into my phone. And, um, and often stuff like that will become the basis for really yeah. good ideas for songs, songs for me. So just accepting that, like, you know, it's going to suck at the start with whatever it is. Like it always happens to me when I write a song, I'm just like, oh, I've got no good ideas. And I go through this process of thinking like the last song that I wrote was like the last good thing that I was ever going to write. Yeah. And I go, through, I go through it every time. And then I come up with something and I'm like, cycle. oh, I was stupid for thinking that. But it's just, it's part of it. It's natural. Would you say that that would be kind of the same approach to when you're struggling to get inspiration or find inspiration and stay motivated is to just keep at it yeah. until you hit that? sweet spot yeah give yourself that space and the time to just let it evolve on its own totally yeah i think um i think people are like, oh, it's just not motivated i don't know i got like i don't know what like don't know what what to write or whatever or i just like haven't heard anything that i really like or haven't creative saying they're like so uninspired or whatever at the time i think it's i think you have to decide to be uninspired because i think inspiration mm -hmm. is everywhere and i think your brain is constantly picking up signals from everything from all all yeah. mediums and like you're taking it in if you like see like a billboard when you're driving along and you're like huh buzzy that's like that's inspiration that's what it is but you don't you, maybe your brain doesn't store it as that maybe because it's not like this light bulb moment or whatever but like if you just start creating something then eventually your brain is going to regurgitate some of that that information that you've been collecting over the last day or week or whatever yes. you know and even if you feel like you're Start not actually actively working on it, it's still been the back of your head kind of chipping away. Yeah. So you might step away from your computer, be on the couch, or go do something else. 
but it's still there. Yeah. And then it, it just, when you come back to it, it'll it clicks be... into place really easily. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. none, none, of your, none of your ideas are going to be original either. No. The original idea is just like a, a, a amalgamation of, of, it's just like uh, that dessert, ambrosia, whatever, where you just get like cream and like lollies and shit and you just mix it up and then you like it's just your brain doing that it's like here's a bunch of shit that you have liked at one point or another and i'm gonna conveniently like rearrange it a little bit and put a bow on it and then push it back across the table to you and be like oh and you're like hey an original idea it's like nope (laughs) it's not it's just a bunch of it's a bunch of stuff that you've heard or seen before repackaged for you yeah yeah that's why i think that this notion of not starting something because it won't be original or it's been done before can be quite crippling, right? Because there is nothing that's original. Mm. You just have to make that start. Totally. I mean, every every musical artist does that to a degree. The whole first album was pretty much like, you know, there were templates. They were like, I really like mm. this bit and this this song or this this feel, you know. Yes. I like this. I mean, at this time signature at the moment, or like there's these two chords or, or, or whatever. And it comes from the funny, the funniest places, you know, like like the circle of life, you know, from The Lion King. King yeah. It's like this really great series of chord changes right yeah. near the end of it. But it was like, on a path unwinding in the circle. Like that set of changes at yeah. the end is like so good and that's like that's Elton John all over like these like gospel chord changes that just like build and build and build and um I stole parts of that you know like no one's gonna recognize it because it's like just one or two three chords in a sequence no. taken taken out yeah. and put somewhere else but you know I like heard that again and I was like oh my god it's so good I need to take that I did yeah. and I stole it you know <laughs> and you can do stuff like that yeah. you know if I stole the whole chord progression and sequence yeah. the whole thing and then wrote a new melody over it then that's probably not okay you yeah. know that's not that's... what that would be a, a contrafact melody like you'd have to acknowledge if you tried to sell that product you'd have to acknowledge and give royalties to them that's yes. that's like hip hop or something it's like sampling you know yeah. but but little little pieces of everything that you that you're interested in is, is kind of how it's I think how it's done and well, it's, gen- it's totally okay you know and like when you're looking for inspiration, you can, like you said, find it anywhere. It's everywhere. Mm. I had a moment, moment, like years, where I was like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I'm like so confused. What do I want? Blah 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 blah. And then for me, it all clicked into place after I watched Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> People were like, how did you figure it out? I'm like, I don't know. There was this moment where I was watching Kung Fu Panda three, and I was like, this is some deep shit. I get it. I was after reading all these books and all these self-help things and watching videos, etc. That was my clicking point. That's really you just, great. It's just like you just never know when it's going to hit you. You just yeah. have to keep going at it. Um, yeah, and try and stay open, you know, and, and, and open, receptive exactly. to, to things. Because if you had said, I'm not going to watch Kung Fu Panda, that's stupid. There's a kid's film or something like that. Yeah, I've got bigger did, problems. I'm yeah. not going to watch a cartoon. Then you wouldn't <laughs> have had that, that moment, you know. Actually, I want to ask you one more thing about the songwriting. So, do you normally have an experience and then go straight into, I'm going to write a song about this? Or do you go, all right, I'm, I'm going to write a song. What could I write about? And then go from there. Ah, right. Um, I don't know. I'm just trying to think about how some of the songs have, have come about. Oh, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's like, often it's like, I want to write. I want to write something. I feel like, subconsciously, I feel like I want to create something. And then you kind of sit down and 
I often I think whatever the most pressing issue that you've been thinking about or what's on your mind will probably bubble to the surface first. Right. And that comes out of it. But, you know, there have been instances where I've thought, you know, like this experience would make a really great song. This is a really strange, <laughs> this, is, this is really strange, or this is really interesting. I'd like to put this down on paper mm. somehow. You file it away. Yeah, or like um, you know, about a person or something. Yeah. This is a song that's going to be in the new album. It's about a, it's about a girl. I've kind of been like on and off seeing for the last few months. And it's like, it's about, about what we have. You know, it's kind of this grey area. We're not together, you know, but we're not not together. It's yeah. it's grey and it's it's weird and it's it's lovely and it's it's about that. And I definitely, I think, you know, this I wrote it in like August last year. And yeah. I definitely thought like this is this is great. You know, this yeah. is really this is really cool and it's unique mm. the experience that I'm having with this person. So and yeah, and and a, and a song came out of that. So, but I don't think it's ever ever a conscious decision with me really like you know I think it's more I think it's more kind of ethereal than that I think it's right. I think your brain just does stash stuff away that that, that 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 kind of bothers you or that makes you tick you know whether you like it or not your brain goes this is a significant thing for you this is a milestone or whatever and it comes out it comes out in music yeah. and then when you sit down to write it then you're like which one do I feel more compelled to write about yeah, yeah is totally. it one of these things or actually do I have something new mm. that I want to express yeah can you recall moments where you felt like a failure and and how did you get past it yeah it's an ongoing thing you know mm. I regularly feel like I, I feel like I suck at jazz drums now because I don't practice I mean I, I know I can pick it up again at some mm. point but like I haven't really been doing any of that for like probably two like two years now probably be fine but I've never like straight up felt like a total failure musically yeah. but it's like you know there are there are times where you're like oh that track didn't do as well as I thought it did yeah, or yeah. thought it would or mm. people always come to our, our gigs I don't know why but we don't have any <laughs> we don't have any problems there that is the one this is the one thing I am sure of is that we can entertain we can definitely entertain and people seem to be on board with the new music yeah I am sure of that give me a stage give me a couple of weeks lead up for promotion yeah. and we will the house down i'm totally sure of that but there's like nearly everything else is involved with the creative process on on the on the outside of that the recorded music the like personal brand and all mm. that it's just varying degrees of feeling inadequate all the time <laughs> so are you conscious of anything that you do to get out of those feelings or even distract you from them yeah just keep just keep going so keep, just going, keep going just keep doing like <laughs> just okay. keep going yeah that's like going. the only that's the only yeah. way you know it's that's the only way because it'll be people be like why don't you just take a break and go and do something go and do something that you like you know and i'm just like i am doing what i like <laughs> it's the only thing they're like why don't you go like that was going to be one of my questions actually <laughs> yeah like, why don't you like go and like make a jigsaw or something it's like no <laughs> actually what has helped you develop as a performer and an entertainer is that something that you've consciously worked on no just got up there and did it you know i don't know i think like for some weird reason i've i never set out to be a front man like i wasn't like i really want to be a front man mm. it just came with the territory i was writing the songs i was singing the songs so my experiences so it's like I, you know i'm singing yeah. when i started singing with the baby shakes like i've been singing like a couple of other bands but not well my first gig for the baby shakes sucked you know like i mean the band was good. People liked it, but like my singing has, has come a long way. But like being a frontman, I've been like all my life like quite like a naturally like 
shy person. Mm. But like, I'm, I don't know, like everyone appreciates attention. Like anyone that says they don't like attention in the age of like social media and stuff like that is full of shit. shit. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> attention's nice. Attention's, de- attention's definitely nice. Attention from the right people is good. You know, it's, it's like... It's a form of validation, right? Getting up on stage and is, and performing in front of people and people clapping at the end of songs, like getting like, yeah, I yeah. just posted an Instagram photo and I got 50 likes. You know, it's yes. like, it's the same, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's, it's nice. It's nice to feel that people appreciate something that you've done. And mm-hmm. I think weirdly enough, despite being shy, like all my life and like having pretty severe, like having to get over pretty severe stage fright during like drama productions in high school. Um, I think it's just kind of, I think it has developed naturally. I think you just keep, you just keep gigging and you work out like what you can and cannot say in between songs, Mm. um, through like trial by fire, you know, like getting complaints from people about (laughs) offensive language and stuff like that. Saying my like five year old kids didn't want to hear the S word or whatever. Um, I'm just trying, yeah, I think it's just trying to be like natural about it. And I'm like way more natural now then I'd say even I was like a year ago, like I'm no longer trying to be like a showman. I'm, I'm just trying to get up there and be like, here's our music. I hope you enjoy it. I'm gonna talk a little bit of shit in between, in between songs because I do talk shit. Mm. I talk a lot of shit and that's, that's fine. That's, that's part of who I am. Um, Being authentic, right, in that process. Trying to be, um, yeah, I think, yeah. I think throughout, you know, I think I'm, I'm just trying to strip our band of some of its preconceptions that we are this like razzmatazz jazz group because I never really set out to, to be there. I never really set out to do that. I just really liked the music and I was like, I want to show, I want to present this music to people. I want to be like, yo, check this, check this out. You know, kind of in a like, if you like that, if you like this, like I really hope that you go and do some digging and, and, and check out all the stuff that I was listening to, you know, like as, as like a kind of a gateway. That was, that was the idea initially, you know, I was just like, if I like this this much, I fucking love it. Then there's like, there's, there's gotta be like a bunch of other people that are going to be like, yes, this turns me on as well. I'm going to get right into this. Mm. So you don't experience stage fright anymore? Cause I've, I've heard well, that even if you're a seasoned performer, sometimes you can still get a bit of stage fright. Right. Yeah. Anxiety just before going on. No, I do every gig. Yeah. Every gig. Yeah, you feel a bit, a bit sick and. How do you deal with it? Have a drink or? Oh yeah. Do some. <laughs> do some mindfulness exercises. <laughs> Drinking's good. Yeah, I don't go on, I don't really go on stage without like, uh, you know, some kind of assistant. You know. Some there kind you of, go, some kind of, people. <laughs> Um, but that's that's more that's more me- that's more just like a byproduct <laughs> of who I am rather than like I didn't start drinking because I was having stage fright you know right. I just yeah. was always we play at bars and it's just like without a doubt you're always going to have like you know one or two drinks before you go on mm. because you would have been at the bar for like three hours by this yeah. point or whatever and you get butterflies and as, as a vocalist you need to be relaxed when you go on stage you need to be as relaxed as possible which is hard because you are your body's going into a like fight or flight Flight mode yeah Yeah. and you need to kind of calm yourself before you go on but i shake when i'm on stage like i have the shake i'm like naturally a shaky person anyway but i shake and i find the more i kind of more i kind of move around and the more it less looks like i'm just like oh my god and just shaking and kind of freaking out did you have any other rituals that you use as well to help you relax um staying away from the audience do not do not go anywhere to the audience. Do not go and talk to the audience. Do not do not go and talk to your friends and family and everything like that. Because especially if it's like if it's who if whoever you are, if it's your gig and there's like in excess of 20, 30 people there, 
people are going to probably want to talk to you. And yeah. there's going to be loud music playing, probably, or at least a crowd noise, which means you're going to have to, this is especially true for singers, which means you're going to have to talk. And the rhythm, how you use your voice for talking, is like nowhere near as controlled as as singing. Mm. You're at a concert or whatever, you're, or if you're trying to talk over the band, you're going to wear your voice out before you've even gone on stage. You're going to get up there and it's going to be like hoarse. You can do more damage talking than you can singing, like in like 15 minutes, than you can like yeah. singing for an hour. And I don't, I don't really like going and like talking to people before again because yeah. I'm real nervous and I say the wrong thing or like they want to talk to me about some some shit or whatever, and like it just makes me like more nervous. Like I just yeah. like to be kind of backstage with the band and just chilling because I'm out there and they don't expect me to talk. Yeah, they don't expect me to be like social. How do you approach productivity and also rest in that sense, like? Because you guys perform late nights, travel a lot, I imagine, as well, mm -hmm. and also have shit to do in the day, and so much variety of stuff as well. Mm. Being your own boss helps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get up when I want. <laughs> I mean, I, I, get, I, do, I definitely get the most out of my days. Like, I don't sleep late or anything, you know, I'm not like yeah. a night owl, but I get enough, but, um, you know, I have weekends where I finish, like, promoting one of my nights a cassette or something, or finish DJing at, like, three in the morning, and then... Case in point, I'm probably going to be finished with a DJ set on Friday, this Friday at about 2, and then we have to be at the airport at 5.30 because we're going to Christchurch. Yeah. It really helps if you can sleep anywhere. Yeah. Like me, I just like, I could lie down on this floor right now, and despite all the people coming, walking past, I would just go to sleep. I can, but not like, I, I think I'm probably the only person in the band that can do that. I'm generally asleep before takeoff whenever we fly anywhere, and I remain that way until when someone will wake me up and be like, we're landing, I'll be like, oh, oh, whoa. <laughs> Which I'm definitely going to do this 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 weekend. So you just kind it's of take as amazing. any opportunities you can to kind of grab some yeah, sleep. Yeah, yeah. Have a nap. Rest your you know, mind and body. Listen, yeah. listen to your listen to your body. If if it's saying take a nap and 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 you think you can do it, then then go ahead, go ahead and do it. Also, it's really hard to be creative if you're in a really bad mood, and yes. so to be rest and relax will will definitely assist with that pushing through doesn't really work for it it doesn't it, re it really helps with all the admin stuff and band management stuff and, and all that that crap but um not for the creative stuff yeah it doesn't really matter for performance if you are dead tired before a performance if you enjoy what you're doing and realize the, the gravity of the situation and are not like oh i have to go and play this fucking gig if you're like i enjoy being in this band but before you go on stage, you're like, I'm dead. I've had like literally no sleep, which I've done before, and people in my band have done. As soon as you get up there, it's yeah. like, boom, adrenaline kicks in. Yes. And then maybe like two hours after the gig, you will crash, and you'll crash real hard. Do you take part in any other creative activities outside of this for fun? Not puzzle making. <laughs> <laughs> you mean outside of music? Outside of music, yeah. Right. Or is this is your work really your fun time? What else do I do? I play like I go through stages of playing like video games pretty hard out yeah. on the computer, uh, but I haven't I haven't played video games since like last year. It just it absorbs I think it absorbs me a little too much, so I kind of get it out of my system and then I go back to working pretty pretty hard out again. I definitely I watch a lot watch a lot of films, but that's kind of periodic as well. Like I'll go through yeah. like a period where I like I watched like seven films in a row like three weeks ago on a Saturday. Yeah, it was awesome. awesome. <laughs> it was like just on the couch all day. It was so great. That would be awesome. I haven't yeah. done that for ages. Yeah, it was, pretty, it was pretty mean. I have a couch in our lounge that's like, it's not my couch, but everyone knows it's my couch. Yeah. And if we're watching a film, it's flat. It's like, you stay, stay the fuck off my couch. <laughs> <laughs> do I do anything else? 
Nah, music's kind of my life, really. Music's my, That's <laughs> music's awesome. my life. That's, That's awesome. Yeah. So, if you were to give a piece of advice to anyone who was still in the midst of searching for what gives them joy or what they would like to do day in, day out, because mm. there's a lot of people who are not really sure what they want to do, aren't, you know, haven't really had a clear path from very early on. Yeah, what advice would you give to them? Oh man, it's like it's like there's the easy answer, but it's it's really it's really hard for some people to take. You know, as well, like heaps of my friends don't don't know what they want to do, and they're like they they like I've had this discussion with them. They work at they work a job, and they're like, you know they're like I like my job, but they feel like unfulfilled. I'm like, well, what do you you know? It's the same question that you kind of asked me. Like, what do you like doing? What makes you tick? Like, what do you what do you get off on? You know, you gotta a lot of people don't know. You gotta I suppose you just gotta find that thing. For some people, it's a bunch of things. Or like a way of doing things mm. it's not like you know there's some like there's some people that really like running a business and it doesn't matter what business it is they'll make a startup and they'll like sell uh, or like a support system for, for for like insoles for shoes or mm. something and then like that business will run its course maybe it goes under or they sell it and then they will uh, go to like managing a, a, a like prize taekwondo fighter or something and then like after that they will open a cafe like it doesn't yeah. matter but they, they are running something they are yeah. doing and, and like and, and that's what that's what they really enjoy about it you know are there some people that really like working with with people and maybe like the company that they're working for is, mm. is unimportant like if they're working for like um, morale like company morale like human resource or something like that you know you gotta I don't know find that thing find the thing that is that you enjoy doing and then you'll probably notice that there is a range of different things that you can do under that, you know, like I don't specifically love being a singer. I like mm. doing music. I like doing music-related things. In later life, I could see myself managing a band. You know, it's music-related or whatever. Like I DJ, I right. play the drums, I sing. Yeah. I don't think anyone has any one calling, but I think you mm. can help yourself by narrowing it down by being like looking at an average week for you and being like, what were the parts of my week that I enjoyed doing the most? Yeah. Can I turn any of that in into employment? Yeah. You know. Well, can I even pursue that? even a little bit extra a little bit more yeah and see what that feels like for yeah. me even if it's not like i'm gonna drop everything and gonna see how that's gonna work out for me as a job but yeah. give it more space and room to exist more in your life yeah right? totally yeah and i think if you i'm paraphrasing parts of like a really awesome but kind of like on the borderline of being like cheesy and inspirational um <laughs> lecture that I that I that I read off some clickbait like three years ago but it was like you know the world's always going to need um specialists it doesn't matter what it is there's going to like experts in the field are always going to be needed so if you can find whatever that thing is make space for it I think I really like doing this and you're not getting paid for it so what you like doing it find time for it it makes you happy yeah, keep doing it that's enough of a reason surround yourself by people that that are supportive of, of you doing this thing or whatever or they maybe can help you out and keep and just keep doing it and then you know Eventually, if you care enough about it and you're good enough about it, then um, chances are someone is going to need you to do that for money, or like mm. need you to, you know, it's going to it's going to turn into employment eventually because you because you're good enough at it. Like, it honestly, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, you could be like really into building model train sets, and if you love that, if you absolutely love that, and eventually, like you amass like the biggest model train 
sit the most amazing like sit with all the best things like in the world eventually someone's going to be like you know there are like societies for that kind of mm. thing and like organizations that will be like we want to exhibit this this is incredible or whatever and then you're earning money from it you know yeah you know you never know where it's going to come from yeah but doing it just because you enjoy it is almost good enough yeah until then all right one last question more like a quote by glennon doyle melton where she says that creativity doesn't ask us to be ready first it finds us on the bathroom floor hands us an invitation and says don't wait till you're ready get up and dance with me <laughs> how do you interpret that what do you think of that quote uh, the bathroom floor is really cold. I would never, I would never <laughs> be on the bathroom floor. I would be like on a rug in the lounge, for starters. But it's right. It's totally right. It's just whether or not you go, yeah, all right, let's do this. Mm. Or if you go, no, it's not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to dance. My legs haven't fully grown yet or whatever, you know, just get up to it, you know. There's no ideal scenario. There's never an ideal scenario. Life is just one continual cycle of being slightly unsatisfied with everything and trying to trying to overcome that. You know, that sounds really dark, but like yeah. I feel like I feel like it is. You know, yeah. there are people in the world that have everything, but I think even they will find that they'll find things to be unsatisfied about. You know, yeah. like you say conditions are never going to be never going to be perfect. Like yeah. today is the perfect day for writing a song. I got nothing on. I'm feeling good about myself. It's not too hot and stuffy in my room. I have enough coffee. There's no one home. You know, it's like it's never the case. It's, there's always something getting in your way, and you just gotta, you just gotta overcome that and do it. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, Al. Thank you. Well done. Thanks for having me. So that's it for this episode of Curiously Creative. We hope it has sparked a little or a lot of creativity and curiosity in you. Curiously Creative is a production by Curiously Creative. Who would have thought? So if you'd like to know our comings and goings and check out some more inspiring content, head on over to curiouslycreative.co.nz. Until the next episode, with lots of love and a massive splash of joy, Akriti, your creative curiosity advocate. Oh, and if you enjoyed this episode, please do leave us a comment on iTunes as it helps more people find these conversations.